Hey, everybody, Saul Marquez with the Outcomes Rocket. So excited you tuned back into our podcast today. I've got the privilege of hosting Rob Lauermeyer today. He is the Chief Technology Officer at Auth AI at Availity, the nation's largest real-time health information network. He's a lifelong inventor and entrepreneur. Rob has over 33 U.S. patents under his belt. It's hard to file a patent, and the fact that you have 33 is awesome. Um, <laughs> ranging across geoinformatics, navigation, space, embedded software development, and several other industries, through the work that he's done in developing transformative products and services, he's created new categories of technology and sold companies or IP'd to industry giants such as Google Maps, SpaceX, Microsoft, HP, and many more. Now he's using his expertise in AI to help us in healthcare. So I'm excited to have him here with us today. Rob, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, all. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So, Rob, you obviously are a serial entrepreneur and inventor. What is it that attracted you to healthcare? It's funny. I think everyone has a story, uh, but mine really relates to personal friends who ran into some troubles with the healthcare system. You know, I'm I have a sister who's an MD. Uh, knock on wood, I've been healthy most of my life, so I'd never really given it a lot of thought. That was what my sister did. Uh, you know, I, I didn't need to play in her sandbox, but. It's sad how bad technology in healthcare is. And I'd come out of some places where it's pretty good. And I was really just stunned at the inability to move data through systems and make good decisions. And I wanted to help that. Uh, you know, I'm not, I, I also have a sister who's a nurse. You know, she can sit with someone and make them feel comfortable in an instant. That's not my skill set, but I have a skill set that uh, I can help people with. and doing the things that I'm good at. And I really, I like that. It's fun. I've done a lot of different things, as you said, been successful at a few of them. And uh, it's really nice though, to be able to help people with the skills that I have. Uh, and I always tell my team, it's Aunt Lydia that we're helping. It's imaginary Aunt Lydia. She's got a bad hip and she wants to go to Thanksgiving with the family, but she doesn't want to be a burden on the family. She doesn't want to have to have steps installed for a wheelchair and everybody making accommodations for her all day. She wants to just enjoy that. And we can help do that. And that's that's kind of why I'm here, to help Aunt Lydia's and uh, and get them the health care that they need. That's awesome. Help us understand Auth AI. What does the company do to add value to the healthcare ecosystem? Yeah, what we're really focused on is fixing prior auth. Prior auth is one of those awesome things that both the payers and the providers both hate, but it's a necessary check and balance, right? You can't have systems without a check and balance. It just never works. There's too many bad actors, unfortunately, in the world. Spoils, spoils it for everybody. Uh, and what we're able to do is we're able to treat patients as individuals, go in and objectively determine uh, how sick you are and do you meet the medical necessity rules or not? And then uh, move you through the prior off system where we can, usually it's a two week wait, uh, frequently we can give you the answer in less than 60 seconds. And that's a big difference. So you can get it scheduled instead of having to go home. Imagine you've been told you have a problem and you have to wait two weeks to get a test to find out if you actually have that problem, whether it's cancer or whatever it is, that's stress, that's real stress. That's stress on you, on your family, on everybody. And so being able to go in and, and close that loop and get that patient authorized 
or get the provider understanding why they weren't authorized. There's more information necessary, or we haven't tried these conservative treatments yet and we don't see evidence of it. So maybe they just need to get the evidence for that or or do those conservative treatments before this patient's really ready to, to get this kind of treatment. And being able to do that quickly, taking that stress away from people when they're at their most you know, scared and unable to help themselves, that's what our system does. We, we do a fast, objective prior auth treating you as an individual. What is it that allows you guys uh, to do prior auth so much faster? What was the difference? We really took a step back when we started and worked with the doctors and the nurses who had done it in the past. We wanted to do it the same way. I'm a big believer that AI needs to be traceable and observable. Um, we're held to a different standard, Saul, than uh, humans are. If I, I'm right across from a giant university, about 60,000 students, every, every day on University Avenue, there's going to be two or three accidents there. Nobody is surprised at that because humans are not great at things. And the drivers going in and out are thinking about class and work and everything but driving and Instagram, whatever, right? But when a Tesla went through that intersection and hit somebody on auto driving, right? That's international news if that happens, right? Yeah. It's, a different, it's a different level. And so knowing that, we went into the system saying, listen, we can't make a perfect system. I wish we could, but we can't. But we've got to make a system that if it does make an error and when it does, that it's traceable and observable and doing things in the way that the nurses and doctors would do it the exact same way. So we read the medical record just like a nurse would, except for much faster. That's the other thing is, unfortunately, in prior auth, it's an expense, right? It's an administrative expense. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to do it. We're trying to get the humans to go faster than they can really do it. If you have a 70-page medical record, you can't read that in 15 minutes and make a decision about that patient. It's not physically possible. You can scan it really well and you can use some rules of thumb, but my computer system, we can actually read the whole document, know the current state of that patient, and then apply the rules objectively of whether they meet the criteria that are necessary. And that's really how we do it differently, is we do it the same way the doctors do. We read it, we look to see if you meet the criteria based on the criteria that they've published, that we've brought into our real medical language information. We take our the clinical notes and we put those in that, and then we just match them up. It's a simple matching process then. And we show where there's not a match. Uh, and by doing it like the nurses do it, you know, they used to have check mark, check mark, check mark, check mark going down a spreadsheet kind of thing. And we do it very similarly so that they can see uh, when we don't get enough in information, which is quite a frequent occurrence. Uh, there's just not enough information in the medical record. And so we have to pend it over to the humans. We can show, listen, these are the things that we were able to find. Here's the things we're not able to find. Now you got to go find those out, suss them out from, from where they are or get that more information. But it's the same process. We're, we're just getting them a jump start on that part of the process. And so that's really what's different about our system. And I think that's really important uh, that other systems should operate like that. We don't go in and do a bunch of regression tests, right? I worked in finance there. If you're 52% accurate, you're going to make yourself rich. If you're 60% accurate, you're going to make your boss a billionaire, right? That's great in finance, but 60% accuracy in healthcare, I, I don't want that system treating me or my family members or anybody, right? That's just not good enough. And, and so we really need to hold ourselves at a higher level. And that's what we're able to do by making this observable and traceable and doing it the same way that the nurses and doctors who used to do it, uh, do it now and giving them that next start of the ones that we can't complete. Because that also happens. We also have to be humble about 
can we get all the way there? Like, I would love to solve every problem in healthcare, but I can't. My team can't. We got a great team, but we can't get there, right? And we have to be humble enough to say, okay, these are ones that we just don't know. Let's pass them on to the humans. Let them make that determination. That's awesome. No, I appreciate that, Rob. Thanks for highlighting the process that you guys use. In healthcare, we don't have enough people. Um, and we need yep. AI to bail us out of some of the administrative burdens that is really holding a lot of us back, uh, the system back, uh, keeping costs high. So certainly, Rob, thank you for highlighting that. As you built or are building this company, uh, what, what's been a setback that you've observed and how have you guys learned from it as a result? Yeah. You know, we would really love to go in and be able to just grab information from the EHRs, the EMRs, whatever you want to call them, and and get that out. It's re it's hard. It's doable, but it's so hard that we weren't able to do it at scale uh, because every single system has been customized differently and the documents are stored here or the documents are stored there. They're in a different system entirely and you can't access it. And that inability to get immediately reach into the EMR and grab out the best data that's there and still having to rely on the people to give us that data is is disappointing to me. Uh, we can do it. We just can't do it fast enough and at scale. And that's the, that's the problem. We know how to do it. The problem is it's just not replicable at scale. And that's both disappointing and a, and a failure that we had. Kind of a success because we worked really hard to do it on the places that we did it. It's just we couldn't do it fast enough to really make it, you know, here's something we can do across the country and immediately have everybody getting the best information that they have in their systems. Mm -hmm. So that was a, that was something that it really points to how fragmented uh, healthcare's IT stack is and, and how non-interoperable it is. Uh, and hopefully that's going to change. Hopefully people are moving towards that. Unfortunately, some of the vendors are monetarily motivated to not make that the case. Uh, took a long time and the rest of computer science to get things to talk to each other, and they still don't always do it very well, right? Because sometimes yeah. there's money at play instead of, uh, instead of common good. It's one of those places where I hope the government continues to kind of put their thumbs on the scale and try to help some of that uh, by mandating interoperability where they can. I'm not a huge fan of the government trying to help because they kind of sometimes also limit what's what the top level things that you can do is. Uh, good intentions don't always quite get you all the way where you want to get to, but it's one of those areas where we need more transference of data and easier. Uh, and that's that's just something that I failed at and would really, really love to have that better because I think patients would be better served if we had better data. My my data is with me. I'm going to take it to the doctor every time I go, all of my data, because they need the best information about my little healthcare problems that I might have. Yeah. No, Rob, I appreciate you you sharing that. And, and yeah, pulling the data out is hard. Has there been ways that the company's been able to say, all right, you know, at least we have a systematized approach that we could do it anyway? There is. And and really what we find is that the providers are really motivated to give us the best data. And so what we found is that they're really used to having to do it manually. Okay. And by doing it, by giving them an electronic to electronic system where we take out the fax machine and reduce the readability. And also you missed page 25 of 70, you know, because the mm -hmm. fax machine ate it or whatever. And then it printed poorly on the 
all that. Just having digital uh, transmission of that data has really been a huge boon uh, to getting high fidelity information that we can then transfer and read essentially with our NLP systems. What's one of the biggest wins you've you've helped uh, your customers achieve? It's really, you know, we we did over a million uh, prior offs last year for for our first customer, uh, and we did all of those uh, in under ninety seconds. Uh, if you're familiar with prior authorization, being able to at the provider side being done, right? You're done. You've got the auth code. You put it into the EMR, and you're done with that. You're moved on to your next task. You're not on the phone and on the web portal for the next two weeks checking status on it and hoping that it comes through just being completely done because you sent in good information uh so the providers love that and that's exciting right because you got to give we're paid by the payer by the health plan but the provider has to get something out of the process if you want them to do stuff and and being able to deliver some real good news and good uh completely objective opinions to the providers. The other thing, you know, people, when they're looking at things, hey, you know, my dog bit my bit me on the way out the door and my husband yelled at me and so I'm in a bad mood. And so, you know, maybe I'm not going to give the absolute best opinion today, but the computer can do that. And so that million plus uh, prior authorizations that we did uh, for the first customer, that's awesome. That's a lot of Aunt Lydia's out there uh, oh, walking around with better hips and knees and uh, getting their tests done, approved quickly and ready to go. That's huge. Well, Rob, listen, I, I really appreciate you uh, sharing these success stories, the challenges and and really the uh, the big opportunities that many of the listeners have in in really implementing a prior auth system like the one you offer. If if folks want a chance to connect with you and learn more, where, where can they reach out to you? Take anywhere at uh, Availity.com or on my LinkedIn uh, is, is great. Um, I think the other thing that I'd like to say is that, you know, really AI is overpromised 20 times in my career. Uh, this time it's different. AI can kind of work. But as consumers, we need to demand that we get traceable and observable systems from our vendors. We need to get systems that we understand how they work and treat patients as individuals because you might be the next patient or your loved one might next be the next patient. And as we're working with vendors, and this goes for availability and for everybody out there, we need to really hold people accountable to the create systems that do exactly what nurses and doctors do. Uh, we do need to free up the nurses. You're absolutely right. I walked into a room the size of a football field in one health plan where they were doing prior authorization. Being able to take those people and turn them from, nobody goes into nursing to be a, a paper pusher. Nobody does, right? They got stacks of paper on both sides. You can barely see them. They look like gophers in there. Nobody wants that experience. They want to be nurses. They want to help people. And uh, being able to free those people up uh, that's that's exciting. And I think it's one of those things that we can really push forward. And so if you're buying something from Availity, that's great. I'm not a salesperson, I, I'm, but you know, it doesn't matter who you're buying it from. Make sure you understand how the AI works. Don't let us go through another era of bad AI. Make, make Push your vendors, ask vendors questions. If they can't show you how it works, it doesn't work like you want it to work. Thank you, Rob. That is a strong call to action, my friend. And and folks, let's take a, a note from Rob. He's been around the block a couple times, worked with AI, 
uh, it's worked. It hasn't worked. And ultimately, I think there's a lot to be said for this uh, traceability and transparency that he's advocating for. Let's ask for that. Let's demand for it. Um, Rob, can't thank you enough for spending time with us today. Really appreciate it. Pleasure, Saul. Thank you for having me.